A major change will take place this year. A lot of them, if anyone has medical debt on their credit scores, uh, th that's going to go away. All the major credit, uh, credit bureaus have agreed to take medical debt of, of certain shape off people's uh, credit records. Could have a, a really nice impact in terms of your credit score. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. We're going to be talking about the dirty dozen money mistakes that you could be making this year and more importantly, make you aware of them so that you can be more efficient and live more intentionally. This is Intentional Money Matters with uh, Caleb and, and Harry Stout. So thank you so much for being here, Harry. And I know that you've been traveling and so it's good to have you back. And I'm excited to dive into these 12 points. Oh, thanks, Caleb. Finally got away for a while, did a wonderful trip. It was a good thing indeed. And uh, I come back to a more chaotic world, uh, a world with much more inflation than maybe we talked about at the beginning of the year. Although we did talk about that inflation was coming. We just didn't know it would be th this amount of inflation. And um, I think, Caleb, when you look at this for your audience, you really need to pay more attention to your money because of all that's going on around you. I think households are really going to be stressed. We're starting to see it. One quick thing for you is that uh, I guess in the month of March, household debt, credit card usage was the highest it's been in 22 years, 22 years. That tells me that people are struggling with their money matters. And I think that's why your audience needs to really focus on some of the things we'll talk about today, because you just can't afford to make a mistake. I 100% agree. And that is a leading indicator that we might be in for some very interesting things. That might be a future podcast that we do about leading indicators as it relates to debt or people not paying on certain things that say, hey, that's the case. This could be, this could be problematic. Totally um, agree with you. So the, the first one is going without a cash plan. Um, that's the first of, of the 12 uh, dirty dozen money mistakes. Yeah, and I think people really have to have this cash plan. To me, it's the anchor. It's, it's just such the foundational piece of what you do with your money. And if things are tight and your costs are going up and, and maybe your income, and I guess from what I've seen, costs are going up about 8.5%, inflation's 8.5%, salaries going up about 56 So the squeeze is coming across the board, uh, lower income households, higher income households. So you really need to know where your cash is coming from and where it's going on an overall basis. So you really have to have that cash plan. And in this environment, not having one, big mistake. So is this, is this an example of like a spending plan of like really being intentional about where your money is going? And a lot of times, if you don't have that, you just don't have any place to stay accountable. Yeah, but it's, see, I, I look at a cash plan a little differently. I look at it as income coming in as well as spending going out. Because income coming in, for example, it's your after tax, after withholdings. If you're having too much withheld from your check or you're making your estimated payments are too high, that's inflow. That's cash you could use today. So I look at as a cash plan as cash in and cash out, both elements. Love it. I love it. Number two is focusing on spending instead of increasing your income. Yeah, a lot of people, I'll just keep, you know, expense reduction is not going to, you can't reduce your expenses to zero. At some point in time, you're going to have to look around and say, maybe I need a better job. Now, luckily, job opportunities around the country are very good. So this is the time potentially go and ask for a raise or 
look for another job. And that way, that could significantly change your household's outcome. But you need to focus on both the inflow and the outflow. So just manage your spending, but also look at what can I do to increase my after-tax income? I 100% agree with this. I think there's a it's a combination of both. I mean, you be more efficient in some areas. Obviously, saving a dollar is more impactful than making a dollar because of, of certain things like taxes and you know, all those other factors that come with making a dollar. And with that said, you can only save so much. And so the powerful mindset is be efficient and be abundant and continue to increase your ability to make money. And if you can have that one-two punch, it, uh, it's, it's pretty lights out and it's fun to see that click for people and see that how it can impact their financial model. The number, number three is not having an emergency fund. I'm very, very passionate about this. And, um, and it's one of those things where if someone doesn't have an emergency fund, it can very much compromise their ability to say yes to things. It can change the way that they think and create an anxious, nervous um, body that ultimately doesn't show up powerfully in any area of their life. Not true. And if you look at an emergency fund for a normal family, it's probably six months, having six months of cash expenses on hand to make sure you can, including debt service to get through a tough time. And as you've mentioned, if you're a businessman or a, or a businesswoman, you've got a, a business you're driving through, having a little cash on the side to take advantage of opportunities is significant. So you have to have an emergency fund living without one, not a good idea. 100% agree. Number four is not paying off debt. And I'm curious what your thoughts are as it relates to this and, and kind of the strategy or the mistake that people are making in, in this realm. All right. First off, I think there are certain forms of debt that are good. I don't, we won't get into that debate today. There's certain good debt and bad debt, but with interest rates going up, debt is going to cost more for a lot of people. Now, if you haven't refinanced your mortgage or if you haven't taken action to lower your interest cost to the maximum extent possible for the debt that you want to keep, I mean, uh, it's, you really ought to be paying off. Credit card debt is only going to go up in price. And as, as the Federal Reserve raises interest rates over the next year, what you're going to see is higher and higher amounts of monthly interest. Not good. So getting rid of that credit card debt, installment debt. Now, mortgage debt, debt you have for a business, those are different conversations in my view. But um, you really need to make sure you're paying off that bad debt. If you Yeah, will. yes. And, and here's my encouragement. Do, you might know, no, like it might just be if you have a balance on a credit card that you're, pay, you're paying interest to, that's bad debt. Like I don't, I don't need to see your, your statement. If, you're, <laughs> if they're charging you interest on a credit card, pay that off. Um, yes. and, and that's one of the things. Make sure to understand what is good debt, what is bad debt, and then um, why invest money um, to maybe make a percent if you're, if you're getting charged 20 plus percent in a credit card. So that's, that's as extreme as you should be if you got high interest debt. Um, and so I couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. Number five is not getting an employer uh, matching contributions. And yeah, we, we may disagree on this, but I'm going to hear you out. Well, if, if, a, if a 401k plan is part of what your savings plan is, and you're taking advantage of that, then you ought to contribute enough to get the employer match. That's free money. So if, if that's the decision you've taken, if that's the solution you've taken to help you save for later in life, don't miss that employer match. It's just giving away free money in my view. Yep. 100% agree. And it's, and I mean, we we're we do, we manage assets. And for a majority of America, um, this is the best way for them to grow their assets is in the market. Um, and if that is your approach, and it's the idea of I'm going to appreciate my um, cash so that someday I can turn on income, and that's the goal, make sure you can find efficient areas. And if someone's saying, hey, if you put money into this, we're going to match it. Um, 
I would, uh, I would make sure that you're taking advantage of that if that's the strategy you want to go. Um, right. Number six is not monitoring your credit score. And, and I'll, I'll just stop you here. I got multiple people that watched back our content when you talked about freezing your credit. Yes. I literally had multiple people direct message me and say, Caleb, when, when you guys were talking about that, like that was unbelievable. I never thought about that. I, I, I took action on that. And it made me so happy that um, that was like an epiphany um, that people had. And so that, that just reminds me on, on number six, not monitoring your credit scores. Well, that's, that's, a really, that's a really important thing to do. With credit scores, it's going to be, very, especially in this time, this difficult time, you want credit scores to be as good as possible in case you do need debt. You want to reduce your interest rates on that debt. So the other thing, too, uh, and I think for your audience, a major change will take place this year. A lot of them, if anyone has medical debt on their credit scores, uh, th that's going to go away. All the major credit uh, credit bureaus have agreed to take medical debt of, of certain shape off people's uh, credit records. Could have a, a really nice impact in terms of your credit score. The other thing too is there are some changes recently where you could put certain obligations that you pay, utility bills, other forms of ongoing payments that typically haven't been reflected in your payment history. You can add those and have them monitored and you can increase your credit score. So there's a couple of things you need to do. This is something you need to manage all the time. Totally. Uh, we live in a world, whether you like it or not, it's a, dis it's a debt-based world. And credit score is your tool that can ultimately increase your ability to have opportunities and reduce the rate. Um, and so this is something that you have to be dialed in. And uh, we have a coaching program and our one of whole section is to manage someone's credit score and help them figure out ways to maximize that because that has a ripple effect in almost every area of your life. And so I'm really glad that that is uh, number six. Number seven is, is allowing too much lifestyle creep. And there's a couple of words that come to my mind when it comes to that, Parkinson's <laughs> law being one of them, but I uh, love that this is in, in your list of the dirty well, dozen. Yeah, sometimes you're, you're, um, my daughter just was lucky enough. She got a really nice raise. So the conversation is, do I spend it, Dad, or what do I do with it? So, you know, I, I've kind of had a rule over the years. Maybe I, if I, if I wanted certain to increase, increase my lifestyle, maybe I'd take a half of that. Mm -hmm. I'd take a half of that raise and I'd use it to do some of the things or add to my ongoing costs, but I'd put the other half away. And what you want to avoid, I think, is taking, the, if you get a nice bump, a nice salary increase or promotion. If you take all that money and increase your lifestyle, you're not really saving for later. You're not really increasing your cash balance. You're not thinking ahead, but maybe you share it a little bit. Live a little bit better today, but maybe save more so you can live a lot better later. I think the quote is, a luxury once experienced becomes a necessity. <laughs> it isn't that true from a standpoint yeah. of like, uh, it's like when you when you drive a certain car, it's like you can't think about going back. When you have a certain type of house, you can't think about going back. When you fly first class, it's like why in the world would I fly anything else? And it's uh, very true, and it's a uh, it's more of a hard issue, I think. But uh, yes, definitely Almost. audit that lifestyle creep and make sure you're living life, but make sure that you're really spending money on what you value. Uh, number eight is not having life insurance. Life insurance sales in our country went up 20% last year. Yep. Highest year for life insurance sales since uh, I believe the early 80s. So people are buying life insurance. They're starting to recognize they need it. Maybe uh, COVID has impacted them. They've said, seen certain things happen where individuals have passed without having proper coverages in place. But this is a building block. 
and you and you have to have it. And you don't want to be in a situation where your family's running a, a, a GoFundMe campaign to cover your costs. You don't want that. And and as you um, throughout the Better Wealth organization, you focus on life insurance to a significant extent. There's so many different ways you can use life insurance as part of your financial plan. And uh, not having it is not not an option. Yet there are some folks. Every once in a while, I get surprised. Uh, where I find in my own family, I had um, one of my cousins, her daughter, unfortunately, young lady, 19 years old, passed away. And it was a tough situation. So we, uh, we, as a family, we chipped in, we covered it. But but the point of the matter was, I mean, you need to have, need to think about these things. It's it's something you should have. It's, this is maybe another episode in itself, but the reason why there's so many amazing tax benefits to life insurance is we as a society, the quote unquote government is way better off when people are insured um, and it's like everyone wins. When life insurance is done properly, everyone wins. Your neighbors win, your family wins, the government and the, the, the society wins. Um, and so it's just one of those things where hopefully more and more people can, can see that and not just do the right thing for their family, but do the right thing for their country. Number nine is making reoccurring purchases without comparing shopping. And this is, I, have a, I have a point to make here after you, you're done. Okay. That's a, that's a very good one. I'm glad that this is one of them. Well, here's a, just a well, A lot of times people, if you look at what they spend and maybe they've got recurring expenses, if let's say over $500 or more that they're making, could be car insurance, right. it could be subscriptions, it could be membership fees, a variety of different things, or it could be just a variety of different purchases. If, if you're making those kind of purchases, don't make the mistake of not shopping for them. Yeah. I mean, you should be shopping your insurance coverages. You should be shopping if you're going to buy furniture, if you're going to buy a desk for your office, if you're building your work at home environment, look around right. and be sure your comparison shop and, and take a look at these. It's amazing what will happen in terms of what you'll, what you'll save. And a lot of times people don't take the time. They just say, you know, Harry, I got so much to do. I don't have time to do this. Well, on the other hand, uh, and, I'll, and I'll shortcut it for you, Caleb. Average American household spends about $66,000 a year, about 66 grand per the Bureau of Labor Statistics. I think if you looked at that 66,000 and, and the recurring prices there, you could save 600 to $1,000 a year pretty easily. And in an environment where there's a lot of inflation, you probably are going to need that, that savings to offset the cost of food, beverages, other, other more essential items you have. So just, just some thoughts there. A hundred percent. I have a, a good friend growing up and she was like the coupon queen and she would actually go to the grocery store and ha- they would pay her. Like it was the most crazy thing. It was, she would like get a bunch of, of, of food and then they would like literally like give her money or something. Um, and that was obviously the extreme, but it was like, she bought the same stuff, but, and, and obviously there was some work that went into it, a lot of work, but she mm-hmm. hacked the system. And so it's like, why can't we do that today? The other thing is there's things like Honey uh, that are like applications that you can have on your computer. Literally today, I bought something for $4 online. Honey app, or it might've been a different deal that I subscribed to, did all the coupons, like ran all the coupons and got me $2 off. So I I took a $4 thing that I was gonna purchase, it was gonna be fine. And I saved $2 just by having an application. So that's an example of um, using, whether you're using, shopping on the internet or going elsewhere. It's a way to make sure that if you're going to purchase something even on Amazon. Is there any discounts? Is there any way that you can get it um, at a cheaper price? You're getting the same thing. So it's like free money and an infinite rate of return. So obviously I 
it's a recency bias, but learn from my $2. But that's what you should be looking for. You should be looking for those codes whenever you're on. And uh, Capital One, other companies have apps that just, uh, that widgets that are attached right to your, uh, whatever device you use that help identify these for you. You just, it's just money going to, money going to waste. And actually, Caleb, I wrote a book on, I have a book, a financial verse book, 600 cash savings ideas that I wrote. And uh, it's out there, but and I've tried to help people identify how to save money. There's money can be saved in a number of different ways. You just got to focus on it, right? I love it. I love it. Um, not investing in your futures, number 10 on the, the dirty dozen list of mistakes that people are making. Yeah, I think if you look at it, at different times, I think we've talked about time and, and, and compound interest. And you have to put money away earlier in your life for later in life. It's just the reality. For some younger people in your audience today, you know, Social Security is going to change most likely. You're going to see reforms over the next over the next decade. They're going to have to. Yep. And as a result of that, you're going to need to save more money. And if you don't, if you don't start saving early on, you know, you, I have an expression. Maybe this is inappropriate, and I apologize to your audience in advance, but. Um, I have an expression, you can't make a baby in one month with nine women. And, and so, for, so for savings, for savings, you can't all of a sudden make up for decades of undersaving in your mid-50s or 60s. You, it's, you, can, you can make up a lot, but to make up, you're not going to make up for 15 years of not saving anything. It's really going to be hard on you. It's so true. We, we want the quick fix and it's, it doesn't happen that way. And I appreciate that. And it's also investing in your future. The same thing goes with investing in yourself. A lot of oh. times people are like, Hey, I want this so fast. I mean, people are going to be like, Harry, you are an overnight success. And you're like, no, okay. Yeah. A, you know, a 50 year plus overnight success. And, and it's just funny to think about how like people just see the highlights and they don't understand all the time that goes into that. That's in a form of investing in yourself, but you have to start if you never start, you're never going to actually get the results that people yeah, are seeing. One, one quick thing for you. If you look at today's our population of listeners, probably those of you that are in your 40s or mid 40s, these are people that are they're really starting to take a hard look at the rest of their lives. And they're seeing that they don't have a pension plan at work. Only 4% of companies today are offering a pension plan. Most, are, most have a defined contribution plan at work. They're starting to accumulate money. They need to find options for that. And um, so I, th I think if you're out there, that's the time to, to really take action, get behind, take the action that you, you need, because you've got some limited opportunities. I mean, unfortunately, not having a pension, uh, not having any sort of pension coming on later is going to have an impact on you. And there's going to be there's going to be entitlement reform in our country. Right. Number 11 is improperly using credit cards. And I will say this, um, there's a lot of gurus out there. There's some of them are friends of mine that are teaching people how to leverage credit cards and taking 0% credit cards out and all of this. And my fear, although they're, what they're saying is true, my fear is they're, they're going to get people, people are gonna take out a bunch of credit cards with the idea of having, you know, create assets and cash flow, and it's not gonna go the way that they thought. And then they're going to be stuck with massive balance at a 20 plus interest rate. So that's my uh, two cents on improperly using credit cards. It's you're playing with fire and um, just beware. Yes. And if you're in a situation where all you're doing is transferring balance, if you're if you have the credit ratings necessary to get, you know, zero zero percent transfers, balance transfers offered to you. But 
just continuing to roll that money, it's, it's really not, a, I agree with you. I think it's a high risk strategy. And the other thing is people, if you're using your credit cards to pay for your ongoing monthly living expenses, that's not a good sign. That's a sign either you're not budgeting properly, you're not thinking through the situation in a good way. And then with rates increasing, you're just, it's just going to make you, it's going to go further and further behind. You're going to get further and further behind, which is really not good news. Just to clarify, you using credit cards for expenses are fine if you're paying off the balance, or would you say don't even use credit card for expenses? No, no. I'm an advocate of using credit cards for ease of use, for efficiency, for getting rewards points. You're, I mean, you're talking to a gentleman that gets typically three weeks of vacation a year at different places around the world because I use rewards cards, but I pay them off each month. Yep. I'm yep. not incurring any interest. Uh, and if I do pay a fee, I make sure for that card, there's a free night or there's free luggage or there's something there. These are all things that are good. That's a really good thing to do, but I'm not using credit cards to pay my living expenses. And that's, that's what the trap I think people get into. Yep. I, I love it. And it's one of those things where if you, if you have a balance on your credit card, you probably should audit your spending. Um, and then the second thing is, um, yeah, understand the points and make sure that you're not necessarily purchasing something because of a credit card. It could enable a bad purchase, but if you're already going to purchase certain things and you can pay it off, a credit card is just an efficiency boost versus paying it with a debit card, which is lack of security and lack of points. Um, and so appreciate, appreciate you sharing that. Number 12, I'll let you, I'll let you tee this up. Uh, it's a, it's something that you're very passionate about that you've been um, a broken record on, but if yes. people do, if people do this, they will, they will, all these other problems will be solved. So what is the 12th mistake that people make? They're not spending enough time on their financial education, their financial matters. If you, and I have written a book about 17 minutes a day, good money habits in 17 minutes a day. The average American today, American household, when I tell you this, you may, you may laugh, spends two minutes a day on money matters. That information comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, two minutes a day, Caleb. And that's not enough in this world to keep up. I mean, you and I both, we work in the podcast space. We're writing books, writing articles, doing a variety of things. To, to keep up on all that's going on is significant. So what I think people should do, I, I say about two, about two hours a week. Set aside two hours a week. You can listen to podcasts. You can read articles. You can, you, you can set up your budget app to better do things. You can look after your investments, a variety of things, but you've got to spend more than two minutes a day. By the way, an average person spends two and a half hours on social media. Priorities are really off. And so what I suggest to people is spend two hours a week, 17 minutes a day, improve your financial knowledge, your skills, it'll pay significant dividends for you. And then lastly, the last point I'd make is today, especially uh, recent reports indicate that employees are spending 25% of their time at work worried about money matters, 25%, 40% of, U- of US households are reporting significant financial stress and anxiety. One of the ways I've learned over the years to help deal with all that is knowledge, because knowledge will really help you make better decisions, and you're less likely to get into situations that are going to prove troubling to your household. I love it. As always, such a, a thorough list of 12. And I, I will also say, like, it averages can be misleading because people obviously watching our content are spending a lot more. So unfortunately, the people that need to be spending time on financial literacy are probably doing zero. 
and that's a sad thing, especially when you look at the daily usage of social media. It's like garbage in, garbage out. And uh, that's why we have a moral obligation to go heavy on social media. So hopefully we can, uh, it's a lot of TikToks to get to 17 minutes, but the hope is that we could at least pierce that and, and get uh, get people uh, open, opening their eyes that there are, there's a world where if they can master that, a lot of other things come. Um, Harry, any, anything else you want to say? I mean, obviously you've, you've provided so much value. I would love for us to give a, a link or a shout out to where they can get that book, that 600 ways to save money. Like that perked my interest and I need yeah, to get that book. Yeah, I don't you, know. On the financial verse book site, on the website, you can go under purchase and then just click on cash savings ideas. And there's a landing page there that describes the book, what it does and so on, but it's 600 cash. And I say to folks, I get, I bet you for the price, you can get $600 at least of savings in your household. And I really spent a lot of time laying out the particulars, everything from energy costs to savings on a wedding. My wife helped me with that and uh, going through the particulars, but we have it all together there. But I think for most households, people just, they need to save money right now, Caleb. They can't make any money mistakes, but a lot of times they just don't know where to look and don't know some of the things they should be doing or should not be doing so they don't get in trouble. So hopefully today's session will give people ideas on, hey, don't make these mistakes. And, and then lastly, spend more time on managing your financial affairs. It'll pay off in a major way, especially in this environment. Hey, we would love to hear from you. So please comment below on the biggest mistake you've made or if one of those 12 kind of resonates with you, you're like, oh, ouch, or, or something that you're doing proactively that, that uh, you're staying on top of it. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love if you take time to share um, this piece of content, this, this podcast with someone that needs to hear this message. And Harry, as always, thank you. And I look forward to reading your book on 600 plus ways to saving money. Um, yeah, till next time, take care. All right, thanks, Caleb. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.